Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here. Christine Bember loves people, and I love how she intentionally embraces any person God puts in her path. Especially through her work, Christine has seen God bring so many opportunities her way. In reality, God has given us all work to do, whether we receive a paycheck for it or not. If you're questioning your purpose, listen to Christine's story and be inspired to step toward the people around you. Here's Christine and Camille's conversation. Hi, and welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. Today, I have Christine Bember with me, and we are going to chat about her life and the Lord's work in her life, and specifically about what bringing her faith into her work looks like. Christine, I'm so glad you're here. Um, We love to start our episodes by asking, what is something small that's brought you joy recently? Well, my answer was going to be that the Christmas season is coming up, but then you brought me these gluten-free cookies and that (laughs) brought me so much joy because I just think it's um, one of those things where being gluten-free, it's hard to find yummy goodies that Mm. actually taste good. And, you know, people, when they're thoughtful and they think of you and they're like, oh, I made you these gluten-free cookies. I'm just like, oh, I just feel so loved that you thought of me and made them. So that brought me a lot of joy. So thank you. Made my day. I'm glad it's the thought that counts because mm-hmm. you have not tried one yet. And so <laughs> they look they, delicious. They're chocolate. You can't go wrong. <laughs> my my kids thought they looked not delicious Listen. and they were they did not have a single one. And I was like, well, that's a win. More for me. That's There's fine. more for Christine. So more for me. That's fine. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, listener, Christina has been on in our podcast before, but for those of you who don't know her, she um, attends our Fort Worth campus and I think most of you do know her because one thing you should know about Christine is that she is a people person. She loves people. She will gather you around her. She will make you feel welcome. She's very hospitable. And that's not what we're talking about today, but you just should know it because once you're friends with her, like you're friends with her and she's wonderful. So something we want to know is how you came to know the Lord. Well, first of all, you're very kind to say those things. Um, I... So just a quick version of my story is I grew up in a home where I heard about Jesus and I went to a Christian school. So I had Bible study and Bible class and learned about the Bible there. So I always like to say that I knew Jesus, but I didn't know him, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So I did not understand the gospel and I really didn't have a relationship with him until college. Um, In high school, I think what I thought it looked like to be a believer was to basically do all of the right things, check the boxes. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to church. I served at my church. I didn't go to parties and didn't drink and stuff like that. And so I think I thought, oh, and I did a lot of, um, another big one that I thought it was, was like charity work. I did a lot of volunteering and stuff like that. And so I think I thought those things made me a good Christian. And so I actually in high school was very self-righteous because I would kind of look at some people that I went to school with at my Christian school that were not living that way. And I would just think, um, are you a Christian? You know, and very, Mm -hmm. it was judgmental of me, obviously. And at that, at the time I thought that's what it looked like to be a Christian and that's how you were a good Christian. Yeah. And so really it wasn't until college that, um, I started to get it and how I got there was I had dated this guy, um, for probably about a year 
And we made each other idols. So it was just unhealthy because anytime you try to replace Jesus with something else, it's not going to turn out well. Yeah. And so when that relationship ended, I was 19 and I was devastated and just oh, thought, man. oh no, my world is over. You know, yeah. <laughs> I shot 19. It's like, that's what that feels like. like. Life is like beginning. Yes, yes, I know. And um, so basically I was too embarrassed to let people know that I was sad about a boy because mm. I was just like, well, I want to seem strong. I don't want people to know that I'm sad about this. And so I tried to put on this face and act all happy and act like everything was fine. And um, we had a lot of mutual friends too. So I just was like, well, I don't want him to know I'm sad, you know? And it was just very like, (laughs) that's so hard. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. But I mean, it's so funny now. It was so long ago. Yeah. Um, Looking back on it, but at the time, like I really was upset. And um, so it, you know, when you're when you're making something an idol and that idol is taken away from you, it really throws you for a loop. Yeah. So I always like to say that the Lord used my own pride and my own sin to bring me to him because I was too prideful to confide in anyone else about how I was feeling. So the only place I had to turn was to the Lord. And so I really turned to the Lord um, and just read my Bible. That was really when I started to actually read the Bible on my own for fun and not because it was my Bible homework at school. And so I would read the Bible and open up scripture and it was all of a sudden coming to life and and that's honestly one of the reasons I really love studying scripture is because I've seen how it has, it, how it has interacted with my life and changed yeah. my life. And you, you know, I would open the scriptures and I would read verses that I had memorized in school years before. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it hit me with a different meaning. And it was like, these verses were jumping off the pages and I was just hungry and couldn't get enough. And so really it was from there that I started to really want to take my faith seriously. And shortly after that was the first time I had someone disciple me. And this was all still when I was living in California. And, you know, that was the first time I had someone disciple me and show me what it looked like to follow Christ and have a relationship with Him. And then I transferred to TCU and got really involved in the college ministry at Christ Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, that was like over 10 years ago now, which is crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel old. But, um, You're so, talking to somebody who's like 20 years <laughs> removed from it, so don't feel too old. <laughs> but um, so that's when I really you know, being in Christ Chapel College Ministry was huge for my faith too. And that's when I really yeah. started to grow a lot and grow um, deeper in my knowledge of scripture and theology just because of the people that I had pouring into me. So that yeah. that's really kind of how I got to that point. And then the Lord has been working in me and continues to work in me. I always say, he's not done. You know, there's still yeah. so much I have to learn and grow, but that's yeah. kind of how I got to where I am. So yeah. I love that. I love that you like, you can see like very clearly the ways in which the Lord like drew mm-hmm. you to him and like use the things that were in your life to like, not just the things like currently, but the things he had planted in your heart, like mm-hmm. even when you weren't a believer to like draw you to him yeah. and like meet you in those moments when you knew you mm-hmm. needed something and mm-hmm. he was that something. And then he was so kind. And I yeah. love that. I love yeah. That. So as you talked about, you were, part of a Christian school. You had lots of friends at school. Mm-hmm. And I happen to know this because we've been talking about it, but <laughs> you were also a very industrious young adult slash teenager. And um, work was part of your life at a very young age, mm-hmm. like a surprisingly young age. So tell me about what work was like yeah. as a high schooler. Yes. Um, well, part of that was part of me being industrious. I don't know if that was my choice, but I'm the oldest mm-hmm. in my family. And so of three, there's three of us. And my parents basically told me I had to buy my own car. So I was like, well, guess I need to get a job. And so <laughs> I still didn't have my license at this point. You know, I had babysat and stuff prior to this, but my first real job job where I 
went out, got a paycheck regularly, um, was working as a hostess at Outback Steakhouse in Burbank, California. Mm, And, (laughs) um, so I was not, I think I was 15 and a half. I I just remember I was not quite old enough to drive. I didn't have a license yet. Yeah. So that's how I remember because my mom had to drop me off at work. (laughs) And, um, you know, it was funny because I went to a Christian school. So granted I was in Los Angeles. So, I mean, I was still exposed to life because in the world, because it's Los Angeles, but, um, I still was in a little bit of a bubble at my Christian school. And so I remember starting at this job and all of a sudden I heard words for the first time that I had never heard and mm-hmm. think people would talk and say things that were very vulgar. And I'm yeah. like, oh, what, what are these people talking about? <laughs> oh, no. you know? And it was just kind of a, a little bit of a culture shock, yeah, a little bit eye-opening. But, um, you know, I at the time was just like, okay, well, you know, not, I'm just going to try to ignore it and, you know, not really pay attention. But Anyway, the people were super nice to me, and um, I was definitely the baby. I was definitely the youngest one there. And there was this girl who I was so grateful to see because it was a girl that I knew from high school that was a couple years older than me, and she had graduated. So this was her college job because she stayed in town and went to college there. And so this is her college job. And in high school, I was kind of a goody two-shoes, as if you couldn't tell from me yeah. saying all the things <laughs> that I thought made me a good Christian. Um, and she was very much the same. So we, we were I mean, my school's small enough that everyone in different grades were kind of still friends with each other. And so um, I knew her and she was very much that way too. And this good, had this reputation of being this good Christian girl. And so I was like, oh, thank goodness. Someone else that's like-minded <laughs> and like me. And again, like I said, I realize now that I didn't get the gospel at that time in my life, but mm-hmm. I still knew, I still had a pretty solid moral compass, thought I was saved, thought I was a believer. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was still very grateful that there was someone who I also was saw as a believer and yeah. kind of looked up to spiritually. And I, I'll never forget this is something that the Lord has always really it stuck with me for obviously this whole time. And uh, this this girl had offered to drive me home one day because, as I said, my mommy had to drop me off at, <laughs> at work. And so she, she didn't live that far from me, so she offered to drop me off at my house. And I remember we get there, and she kind of stops in front of my parents' house and— turns off her engine and I'm like, okay, okay you know, what is she, what is she saying about ride. to do? Yeah. Bye. And so she turns to me and she just says, I just want to, I just want to tell you that, you know, I was really not happy to see you when you showed up to your first day and I was kind of taken off guard. Like, oh, okay. I know, but she's, she started off the way, but she said it's because she had been living a life that she wasn't proud of and did not reflect her reputation that she had at school and did not reflect her beliefs and her, you know, as a Christian. And she said that she saw me and that was kind of her wake up call to realize that she wasn't living a life that she wanted to be living or should be living. And it made her realize that she should probably kind of get things together and turn back to the Lord and repent of that way of living. And she was basically mortified that I would find out how she had been living because she, she knew that I only knew her a certain way. And um, so it just kind of woke her up and made her realize that I need to get my life together and turn back to the Lord. And I mean, as far as I know to this day, she is very much still walking with the Lord, married, has a couple kids. Um, I think some adopted, some not, like very loves the Lord. And, you know, we're we're friends on social media. So I see all that. And it was cool because we kept in touch after that in person. We both still lived in California. But um, it, it was just really cool because I felt like, you know, that was a very prodigal son type moment in her life. And I literally did nothing. 
And I, I still, like I said, I was not even work, walking with the Lord at this point, but I literally did nothing and the Lord just used my presence of just me being there and me literally just existing, being, existing in her life. Yeah. And he used me in that way. And so, so every time I look back on that, it's just such a good reminder when I think about, okay, if the Lord can literally use me by just existing and not mm-hmm. even trying to do anything, yeah. how much more can He use me if I'm pursuing His will and trying to be obedient to what He's calling me to and yeah. trying to actually purposefully bring people to the Lord and be mm-hmm. a light? And so I'm always encouraged by that, that He can literally use someone's presence and and someone who wasn't even walking with the Lord. It's yeah. not even like I was trying to, you know? So yeah. um, I, it's always been something that's been encouraging thinking about mm-hmm. how much more intentional I can be and right. be used in those ways. Yeah. It's incredible that the Lord chose to use you. First of all, at such a young age, like mm-hmm. even without your knowledge and like also I'm I'm amazed that like he allowed you to see the fruit of that. Yeah. Like oftentimes we don't get to see the fruit of our work when we're intentional mm-hmm. about it. Not our work, the Lord's work in us. But yeah. um that he allowed you that gift. And I've Mm-hmm. I might be putting words in your mouth, but like, it seems like he has used that to like put a desire mm-hmm. that has grown so much over the years totally. to like honor him in your work and mm-hmm. like be a light in your workplace. Yeah. And that honestly reminds me of, I forgot about this story until you just said that. But so fun fact is I actually, when I transferred to TCU, I transferred to the Outback on Brian Irvin. So I worked what? at that one. That's <laughs> yeah. my Outback. Oh, that's funny. Well, maybe you came and sat at my table back then. Who knows? Because at that point I was serving serving tables. But um, so I went there and another girl that I worked with. And honestly, at that Outback, I just, people knew I was a believer because I didn't work on Sundays. Yeah. And that was a big thing that everyone had to work on Sundays. But my boss was a believer and I told him I went to church and oh, wow. couldn't work on Sundays. And he was like, that's fine. And he honored it. And so some people kind of were annoyed that mm-hmm. I got off on Sundays, which also, let me just say this little PSA because oh, no. this is, <laughs> I have a feeling I know where no, this no, is no, going. This is, this is actually really sad. People, it makes me really sad. And so that's why I want to share it. Um, but I remember people hated working on Sundays because they said it was the church crowd and yeah. they didn't tip well, yeah. which broke my heart because, yep. you know, as believers, like we want to be generous. So anyways, little PSA, side note. But um, so anyway, they were annoyed that I didn't have to work Sundays and they did. But people knew I was a believer and they knew I was a Christian. And this girl, three years after I stopped working there, literally, I had not talked to her since I stopped working there. Three years after I stopped, she texted me one day and asked if she could come to church with me. Because I think what? I was the only person she knew that went to church. And so she came with me to Christ Chapel, came with me to renovate, got plugged oh in. Goodness. And she doesn't live in Fort Worth anymore. But up until the time she moved a couple of years ago, she had been going to Christ Chapel and was plugged in at renovate. So it's just, again, like that. you just don't know how the Lord is going to use your presence. And yeah. that one was a little bit more intentional because I had at that point, had been walking with the Lord and yeah. would purposely try to share about my faith. And so she knew that I was a believer. And so it, again, just cool how yeah. the Lord can use you when yeah. you're there. But also at that point, I was being a little bit more intentional. Right. And even like as somebody who's like listening to the story and like, I want to gain and glean some like encouragement from that too. Like mm-hmm. if you're hesitant or timid to share yeah. your like your testimony at work like right. a very simple thing is like well I go to church on Sundays mm-hmm. and so I can't do this or that on Sunday like yeah. it's a pretty innocuous statement yeah but it just makes it known like well I worship a god yeah on a church and the fact church. that three years later is when you know I, I always feel like we don't always get to see the fruits of how the Lord is using us but yeah. you know sometimes she may be, what if she never reached out to me? She could have reached out to someone else and asked them exactly. to go to church with them. I would have never known that yeah. that had made that 
impression on her, but she reached out to me. And so the Lord allowed me to get to be part of that. But it's also just an encouragement that you never know how the Lord is going to use you down the road. So even if somebody says no to you going to church, if you invite them today Mm -hmm. and they say no, five years later, seven years later, they might finally reach out to you and say, hey, actually, I do want to come to church. Or they might reach out to someone else that they know, but you helped plant that seed and the Lord uses those seeds to continue to water them. Absolutely. So you didn't stay at Outback forever. Mm-mm, no, thankfully. No, you came here to TCU, you graduated, and then you actually worked here, right? Mm-hmm. I did, yes, for three years with college ministry and renovate. Um, so that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. I think that having that foundation right out of college, having that foundation of working here just continued to help me grow in my faith and yeah. honestly helped equip me to kind of go into a more secular workplace. But mm-hmm. And so you did. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Like, yes. Yeah. I don't want to gloss over like your work here was great. Yes. I yes, love I'll... that this is part of your story. Yeah. But I also know the story doesn't end there. And you mm-hmm. eventually started working somewhere else. And yes. what was that like? Very different. Yeah. So I went from this is how I always like to put it is it's basically like going, it was like going from lightness to darkness because I went from working with all believers where my job was literally to be in the word. And like I got paid to talk to people about my faith, literally got paid to talk to college students about my faith. Mm-hmm. And then, and, you know, having staff meetings where we're talking about our faith and encouraging one another in yeah. Christ. And so, you know, very, very different uh, from <laughs> where I went. Yeah. So from there, I went to um, work at a company in sales and it was a printer company. So I was, I was selling printers and um, it was the company itself, well, I mean, the job itself was fine. I didn't mind. Like, I liked the sales aspect. I liked getting to work with people, be out, out, you know, out in the field at meetings and stuff, meeting people. Because as you said, I'm a people person. So I yes. liked that. And um, But I was the only believer. So it went from me feeling like I got to have this great community at church and at work, at all, all one in the all same. One package. Yeah. And then from that to, oh, okay, I'm very alone in this. And not only that, but it was just a very dark, dark environment. Um, now, granted, there were a couple people that I became close with that I really loved. And there's a couple that I still keep in touch with that were really very sweet people. Yeah. But again, it was just different. And um, a lot of the people I worked with were dealing with very heavy things that were not things that I was used to being around. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, I mean, I've I've had friends go through hard, heavy things, but this was dark, like very dark things. Mm -hmm. I was um, also very just not myself. I mean, as you mentioned, such a people person, literally like my my mom as a kid would say, oh, Christine can make friends with the lamp because I would literally (laughs) just talk to anyone. Like we would go on family vacations and I would just make friends with people at the pool. Like we'd just Mm -hmm. talk to them. And um I, for that whole year, was not that way. I felt like I didn't realize it till after I left that job, but it was a very just mentally draining season. Like, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say my mental health was struggling. I think it was just, I was just drained and burdened. And so I just was kind of going through the motions and I would still come to church and go to home group and things like that. But I felt like it was more of just a dry season spiritually because I just didn't have the energy to read my Bible. I didn't have the emotional capacity to be like, okay, I, I really want to go and talk about what's going on and with my friends and like tell them that I'm having a hard time. I don't think it was, I think it was all subconscious. Like, I think I just kind of wanted to leave work at work. And yeah. so I just didn't talk about it. But because of that, I was drained. And I, I remember very clearly there was one day 
after I started at the job that I'm at now, that I've been at for over five years, but after I started at, at um, Higginbotham, where I'm at, I remember a couple months into it, I was like, oh, I feel like myself again. Like I'm kind of starting to feel more like me because George and I went to, uh, my husband and I went to lunch and we went to Olive Garden for the soup salad and breadsticks. Like, mm, you know, <laughs> that's why you go. That's yeah, why you go yeah, to Olive so Garden. we were like, we just wanted a cheap lunch. So we went there and the the waitress, you know, she keeps coming over to see if we want anything more and we're, she's checking on us and I'm just asking her about her life, talking to her <laughs> and kind of making friends with her. And as soon as she walks away, I looked at George and I said, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time I did that. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just this feeling of, okay, I'm back. I'm me again. And it just yeah. felt nice to be be me again. And it was just really interesting because in the moment I didn't see that, but yeah. it was very a draining, dark place. So yeah. very different from working at a church. <laughs> oh, for sure. I I can remember being in a position where a lot of my days at work were very difficult and not currently at my job at the church. It was at a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember sitting and thinking like it was – it was at the end of a really difficult week and really like traumatizing things mm. that happened in our workplace. And it was, it was dark. Like that yeah. was the word to describe it. Yeah. And it wasn't anybody's fault. It wasn't like somebody had wronged us or, mm. or me or anything like that. It was just difficult mm-hmm. things as a social worker that you deal with. Um, but I remember thinking like, Lord, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And very clearly at that moment, I was like, okay, of course I can't, of course I can't do yeah. this. Like, I'm not meant to bear the burden of mm-hmm. of the brokenness of this world. Like it is never yeah. my place to do that. But I also remember thinking, like, I am weary. Mm-hmm. Like I'm weary from mm-hmm. from the work that I'm doing, and that isn't a bad thing. Yeah. And I need I need the Lord. Like I need His renewal, and also maybe a vacation would be really <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a baby, which was not a vacation. Yes. At all, no. but it was a change in my yeah. type of work. Um, but looking back on it, I am so grateful for the time that I had, um, like being with people mm-hmm. in a dark work environment mm-hmm. because it taught me my limits. Like mm-hmm. God is infinite. Like he doesn't have limits and I am not. And the community, whether I would have picked that community or not, it was what the Lord had given me. Like it was a gift and it was a gift for me and it was a gift for the people that were around me. And I can't dictate what the Lord's going to do. Right. Now that you are not there, like mm-hmm. you've moved on to a different type of work. Well, I guess you're still doing the same type. You're still doing sales. Very Sorry. different kind, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you're in a different facility yes. and a different environment. Um, but incorporating your faith into your work is mm-hmm. still vital in your life. Yeah. And so I want to know what does it look like now that you're in a different type mm-hmm. of environment? Um, well, first of all, I just want to say that I do not always do a good job of that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I constantly have to pray to ask the Lord to give me the ability to be a light in my workplace and to my clients, my coworkers. And so I, I pray that literally every day on the way to work because yeah. in my own flesh, I cannot do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, to, so to preface all of this, what I'm about to say is this is not coming from me. This is uh, this is what I aspire to do. I don't always do it well. Mm-hmm. I just told Camille right before I walked in, I said, <laughs> the Lord was really convicting me today because I had a hard situation come up at work where someone was being rude to me and mm-hmm. I was like starting to get mad. And in my head, I was like, oh, I'm about to go talk on a podcast about <laughs> how to be a light in the workplace. And this is really convicting. Is so I need really to cool good. it and just take a breath and say a prayer. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. So it was just funny timing. But so anyway, I, like I said, I don't always do this well, but, um, 
Well, first of all, where I'm at now is I am at Higginbotham Insurance, which is in downtown Fort Worth. And it is just such an amazing company. So I am blessed because they um, are very family oriented, very want you to be involved in the community. So like they, they are much, it's just a much healthier workplace environment in general than my old one was. Mm -hmm. So coming from that to then this, I feel like it was the perfect balance of going from working at a church to being with all believers to then working where I was at a place that was really dark with no believers. So now I'm at a place where I have several awesome coworker friends that I love that um, are believers and we encourage one another in our faith, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. But then we also have some coworkers that aren't believers and maybe don't know the Lord who I also really love and Mm -hmm. can use it as a mission field still, but don't feel alone in that mission field. So that's great. So, um, like I said, I, I'm in a sales role still. Mm-hmm. And so I think the way that I answer this question is twofold. So one is I'll get, I'll go into, I'll kind of go into them separately, but one is how I try to be a light to my coworkers. And then the other is how I try to be a light to my clients. Cause they're yeah. kind of different. Yeah. And I feel like my client one is more specific to my job, whereas hopefully the coworker one other people will be able to relate to that too. But so I'm an employee benefits broker. So I help businesses with their health insurance and kind of manage their claims and everything throughout the year and manage their accounts. And so um, very much involved with clients, but also coworkers. So that's why I said it's kind of twofold. So for my coworkers and just at work, what I, I feel like just trying to be approachable is one of the ways that I try to do it and being vulnerable and open about my faith. And like I said, the company that I work for is, is I'm very blessed and I understand that not all companies are this way. So some people might not be in a situation where it feels as easy to do this, but we, we have, there are Bible studies that people have on campus. There's a men's one and a women's one that just people start, I mean, the company didn't start them, but people within the company started them and they allow them to happen on campus. And when we have company dinners and events. They always pray before them. So I I am in a unique situation that it's not scary for me to talk about my faith at work. I understand there are people who have jobs where they feel like they could get fired for doing that. Right. So take that for what it is, but hopefully this can still be encouraging to you if you're in that situation. But, you know, one of the ways that I, I try to do it is just being vulnerable. And like what we talked about earlier is they all know I go to church and they know that I'm involved at Christ Chapel. Several of my other coworkers that are also believers come here. So I do have some believer friends that also work with me that also go to church with me, which is really cool. It's all around them on Sundays, which is cool. Um, So I I feel like being vulnerable with people um, and and being available. So I, I always feel like I get into these ruts at work where I'm it gets really busy right now, especially in my busy season. So things get really busy and I'll kind of have my head down at my desk and I'm powering through trying to get stuff done and almost forget about people. And so someone will come into my office and I, I try to mostly have the door open. Um, and so, you know, someone will come into my office and want to talk to me and, um, you know, maybe they just want to vent. And so it could be really easy for me to just be like, I'm so sorry. I'm busy. I can't, I can't talk. Yeah. But I try to force myself to just take a breath and, and set aside what I'm doing for a second and listen and be like, okay, what's up? Because ultimately sometimes I need to be the one venting too. And I need that. And that's nice to have someone I can go to, but also because the work always gets done, you know, it's going to get done. And I try to put people first. I try to put them first because 
like I've experienced with other coworkers in the past, like with yeah. that girl I just talked about at my old job, you know, sometimes there's a reason the Lord puts me in someone's path or them in my path or whatever. And so I just try to listen and try to be there for them and just ke- continue to build rapport and build relationships. And yeah. um, it's been cool to see how people have opened up and, you know, I've gotten to have really good faith conversations at work just by being there and just yeah. by having conversations about life or, you know, um, it's cool because the uh, a couple of years ago I hosted a table at the women's Christmas brunch and invited some coworkers and I can't host one this year, sadly, but, um, there's just, I have too much going on. <laughs> so, um, but I, even this morning I had a coworker who, um, I'm not sure if she's a believer, but she, I don't, I know she doesn't go to a church and she's not plugged in, but she came up to me this morning and asked me, are you hosting a table at the brunch again? I would oh love to come. Goodness. And I told her, I'm not, but I'm going, come with me. And so, you know, just being able to bring them in and invite yes. people into my church world too is kind of yeah. cool. And, and now that I have other, other coworkers that also come here, it kind of makes it easier. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I was going to say too. I feel like um, you know, courage begets courage. So like if I'm being a little bit bolder and talking about my faith, somebody else who maybe is more shy. And again, like I said, I don't do this well. So, but somebody else who's maybe more shy or maybe more hesitant to be open about their faith, they might hear that. And then they it might make them feel more comfortable to talk about their faith. So if you are in a job where you feel like you can't talk about your faith because maybe you think you're the only one, mm-hmm. well, maybe the other believers at your work feel that way too. And so if, if you're the one, to kind of take that first step and start sharing about your faith little by little. I mean, you don't have to go around and like hit them in the head with the Bible, but like, <laughs> you know. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't hit people in the head with the Bible. It won't go well. Right. But like, you know what I mean? Like you can slowly kind of just start mentioning like, yeah. oh, I'm going to church or, you know, yeah. something small. And you'd be surprised how many people might start to kind of do the same and then you don't feel as alone in it. And then that becomes an opportunity for you to kind of tag team and be praying for coworkers together, Mm -hmm. be in it together. And it's much better when you're not alone in that. Yeah. It also holds you accountable. Like it reminds Mm -hmm. me of the story of the girl at your work in Outback Mm -hmm. um, that like she was held accountable by you just being there, Mm -hmm. like thinking, not even knowing, but thinking that you were a believer. Like, and it's great to have that accountability, like whether it's explicit or implicit, but Mm -hmm. um, just knowing that there's somebody there who like, everybody images Christ. Like we all, like we all bear the image, but like knowing that somebody is looking at you and knowing like, Mm -hmm. okay, like they, they get it. Like whether or not we believe the same thing exactly, whether they go to the same church as I do, but like they understand the gospel Mm -hmm. and it, it's the thing that's important to me. Right. And while we're here for eight hours a day, Mm -hmm. like it's, I, you need that sometimes you really do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things too where if you if you have those people that like you said can kind of hold you accountable, you can kind of both be um keeping each other. You know, I think oh, that's another thing too I was going to say cuz Cody's sermon yesterday was kind of about oh, yeah. this topic about being in the workplace and um and you know, some of those other ways I try to do it is just being above reproach, having integrity, I think is a big one because that's yeah. another thing I think having coworkers that keep you accountable because then, you know, you're, if somebody knows your believer, my biggest fear is if somebody's like, Oh, Christine goes to church. I didn't know she was a believer. That's my biggest fear yes, because then it yeah. means I'm not doing a good job of living out my faith. And so, cause I've had that thought about, you know, people in other, in other instances in life where I'm right. like, Oh, I didn't know that person was a believer. Okay. You know? And so yep. it's good because if you have somebody that is, you're kind of, you know, that person's watching you, mm-hmm. you know, if I go to a work happy hour, you know, I'm not going to 
act the way that someone that's not a believer acts at right. happy hour, you know? Yeah. And so just having that level of integrity and, you know, that's another thing, kind of segueing into the clients, how I try to, how I try to treat my clients. And I, I really tried to, especially in sales, you know, you're, there, there are a lot of people, competitors in my role who they, they'll just kind of sell the product and they'll sell the benefits packages, work on the renewal, and then kind of be really hands off the rest of the year. And that's not how I operate because to me, I'm like, if somebody is paying me a commission, I need to earn that commission. And I, I need to give them the level of service that they are paying for and that they deserve. And, and so I try to make sure I really maintain a standard of service that is going to be above and beyond and is going to represent the Lord well, because I want to do all things with excellence for the Lord. And so, um, you know, I, one of the ways that is unique about my job that I get to serve my clients and I really try to make a difference this way. For example, I had a a guy last summer call me and it was just heartbreaking, but he was an, he was an employee at one of my groups and he had just gotten diagnosed with ALS. And I could tell on the phone, he was just so upset and confused and frustrated and uh, didn't know how to process it all. Like he was still processing it, but he called me to try to figure out his disability insurance coverage and how that works. And it was just so heartbreaking. And those are the hard parts of my job for sure. Um, But I just asked him at the end of the call, I just felt very convicted to ask. Like I felt the Lord on the whole call. I felt the Lord, I was asking, answering all his practical questions, but I felt the Lord nudging me, ask him how you can pray for him. Ask him how you can pray for him. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. Like what if he gets mad and tells his employer? Because I don't think the HR people at this company are believers. I don't think they would get mad, but you know, there's always that fear. Like, Oh, I don't know. Should I, what if he gets so upset? And, um, so I just did it. And I just said, Hey, how can I be praying for you? And he like his whole demeanor kind of softened and Mm -hmm. was like, Oh wow. Thank you. And he, I could tell by his response that he maybe didn't know the Lord, but was grateful for the prayers. And so I still to this day have him on my prayer list and I'm praying for him. And same with, I talk to people all the time who are family members of someone with cancer and they're trying to help them. And, you know, they're spending two hours on the phone trying to talk to insurance so that I tell them to come talk to me so that I can be the one on the phone so they can care for their loved ones. And so I just try to serve them in that way. But anytime I have an employee at one of my client's that I know has some sort of condition, I add them to my prayer list and I I really truly try to pray for them. And like I said, I'm not always good at doing these things or remembering to do these things. I don't always ask them how I can pray for them, but I always make a point to try to pray for them yeah. because the way I look at it is like, okay, those people could be with literally any mm-hmm. broker yep. in the whole state or even in the country and they could just be with anyone. But for whatever reason, the Lord has put them in my path and the Lord has put them with me. And so how can I treat them differently than maybe someone else would? And so I I really try to make a point to be praying for them because that's something different that I can do that will hopefully maybe the Lord will work in their heart or will heal them or who knows. I mean, the Lord is God. He can do so many things. And so I just figure, what if they don't have anyone in their life that's praying for them? Mm -hmm. I don't know their situation. So if I'm the only person that can be praying for them, then I'm going to do that. And so I really try to take that seriously because it's something unique, but so simple of a way that I can try to be honoring to the Lord and loving them well in that. Yeah. What I love about your story, Christine, is that like when we started talking about like how you came to know the Lord Mm -hmm. and how like it wasn't a relationship. It was very much a checklist. It was like, a, I'm going to mm-hmm. do these things. I'm going to work, blah, blah, blah. But the Lord drew you to him personally. Like that was the thing that was missing. And he mm-hmm. like pursued you. Like I want a relationship with you, Christine. And I see 
for a lot of people, I think there are so many ways that the Lord gifts us in incorporating our faith in our mm. work. And like, I am not creative, but some people are super creative and they ha- they do such an amazing job of like bringing creativity to their work that honors the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he created you to be so personal and personable that like you are incorporating that into your work, like not just your work at your paid work, but like your work here at the church, like the way that you incorporate that into your ministry at your house, like not just your family, but like your community group and your Mm. small group. And like when you're going out, like with your friends at work, like that's another community that you have cultivated and incorporated this idea that like, like my life is not compartmentalized. Like the Lord is a part of every bit of me and I want you in that. And I just, I love that you do that as part of this faith and work thing that we're talking about. Thank you. Yeah. Um, We, and I've referenced, Obviously, like, I want you to talk about your faith and work in your home and in your marriage and your mm-hmm. family life. Um, but I want to stop for a minute as because I know, like, I've had lots of different work roles in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times as women, we um, we can tend to compartmentalize. And when we get stuck doing just one thing and thinking that we're limiting God to just Mm -hmm. my work here or just my work there, like it can be a struggle. And as I have stepped into paid work outside of my home, there are lots of things that make it difficult. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those things are outside influences or comparison or envy or other things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to move forward with confidence knowing what the Lord has called you to do. So my that was a really long explanation for this question. So sorry. But what I want to know is I'm going to go ahead and assume that you've had difficulty in that realm as well, because I don't know that listener, if you're listening to this and you haven't faced difficulty mm-hmm. in that realm, then I would love to hear from that from yeah. you and know like how you've managed it. But um, when things have been challenging mm-hmm. or when people have challenged you in your work, how have you dealt with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually really struggled with that a lot this summer. So my daughter was born February of 2022. So she's at the time we're recording this, she's about 20 months. And, um, you know, I actually, I, I've actually had it had a couple people have said to me that it is unbiblical for a woman to work outside the home, which I don't find any evidence for that in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that being said, these people that said these things to me were believers. And so I'm like, well, anytime somebody's trying to correct me or maybe challenge something mm-hmm. or call me out, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to at least look to scripture. You know, I'm yes. going to always look to scripture and see what yeah. scripture says. Cause I'm going to take that seriously. Like, am I in the wrong? I don't know. And so, you know, I, I really feel com- confidently that the Lord has me where I'm supposed to be, but it kind of threw me for a loop because I was like, oh my gosh, well, I don't want to be disobedient to the Lord. So, you know, I, I look to scripture and I'm, I'm trying to see, and I, I honestly don't find any evidence for that in scripture that it is unbiblical. In fact, the Proverbs 31 woman, it talks often about how she's working and she sells things and she makes things. And so I, I, I want to preface that by saying, I don't think it's unbiblical for either option. I think the right. Lord is going to call you to do what is best for you and what his will is for you and your family. And I think you absolutely have to be obedient to that. So if the mm-hmm. Lord is calling you to work inside the home, you be obedient to that and you better listen to him because it's not good to be disobedient. But right. if he is calling you to 
do something else and work outside the home, you also need to be obedient to that as well. So I think it's really very just what the Lord is calling you to do. I don't, I think it's unbiblical to not listen to the Lord. Absolutely. But I think it's biblical to work if that's what the Lord is calling you to do. So that being said, I really struggle with that. And so I was, I was wrestling with that, trying to figure out, okay, Lord, like, am I in the right place? Am I not? And the little backstory is my daughter was at a daycare, a different daycare than she's at now that we loved, but it closed. And so one of the teachers there, we, I, well, I'd made friends with and kind of talked to her and she's Muslim. And so she obviously has a different set of beliefs than me. Yeah. And so she would kind of mention things here and there about her faith. And so I would always kind of ask small questions here and there and would just kind of build rapport with her. And we kept in touch. And over summer, around this same time that I was wrestling with this, she added me on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, how fun. Like, I I was so sad when they closed because in my mind, I was like, oh, I really want to make sure I talk to her about my faith. And I hadn't gotten to really like actually talk to her much other than the little bits and pieces that drop off. And so anyway, she re- she had posted something on her Instagram story about, actually, I don't know what it said. It was in Arabic, but it was some some sort of prayer in Arabic. So I reached, I responded and I said, oh, what does this say? And she told me, and I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something about how you have to earn your salvation. And so I just pressed back and asked her how she felt about that. And I said, does that scare you that you don't mm-hmm. know for sure where you're going? And she responded and you know, I could tell based on her responses that she definitely did not have any sort of assurance of her salvation. And she got really uncomfortable at the thought of even questioning her, her salvation. But, but she, you know, anyway, our conversation kind of went back and forth for a little while and it led to me sharing the gospel with her and how we are saved because of what Jesus did on the cross, not because of anything that we can do. And so I got to share that with her. And I'd love to say that in that moment, she turned her life over to Christ, but she did not. But my point is, it was such a good reminder that, okay, the Lord has me where He wants me because I would not have met her if my daughter hadn't been in daycare. And if I hadn't been working, I would not have gotten that opportunity to share the gospel. I mean, maybe the Lord would have used someone else to share the gospel. And hopefully He continues to put people in her path that do. But I just felt like that was an, a very strong affirmation from the Lord that mm-hmm. I am doing what He has called me to do and I'm in the right place where He's called me to be. Right. And so I, I feel like there definitely can be challenges with that. But yeah, if, if you're ever in a season where you're not sure, just ask the Lord to give you yeah. the discernment of where you're supposed to be and He'll give it to you. Right. And I think something I didn't think about until just now hearing you talk about this, but is like, the work is good. Like, Mm -hmm. and I know that. And I, I think about that a lot actually, but the fact that like, if I'm really seeking the Lord's wisdom and what kind of work I'm going to engage in, like if, what am I going to be working at home? Like, am I going to be focusing on my family at this time Mm -hmm. staying at home? Or am I going to be working in a workplace? Like regardless of that choice and wherever the Lord leads you, like do the work. Mm -hmm. Like, He's put work in front of you. And while you are waiting for discernment, continue to do the good work. Like, don't delay in obedience because Mm. obedience is at its core, like what you're talking about. Like, we are telling people, we are telling either the next generation or we're telling our neighbor or we're telling our family members Mm. or we're telling a coworker. We are telling somebody about the Lord Mm -hmm. and we're doing that work. And that's good. Um, None of us should want to disengage from that work, Mm. right? And it's, you don't get to do that at home. You don't get to do that in the workplace. Like, it's not fruitful to not engage in the work of the kingdom Mm -hmm. wherever you are. So I just, that popped into my head. Yeah. Long, long um, sidetrack there. Sorry about that. 
Um, but I do know also that you see the Lord working in and through you in your home. And we're running way out of time, but I want you to talk a little bit about what that looks like because it's so beautiful. And I love how yes. the Lord uses you to do that. Yeah. Well, you're sweet. Um, I just really, my husband and I both are very much under the under the impression that everything we have comes from the Lord. So when we bought our house, we said we want our house to be used for ministry and we want it to be a place that we can bless other people. And so we we really try to do that. And so I love hosting things. I love having people over. We we host a college family night, college Bible study for Christ Chapel College Ministry every other Monday. And it's been such a blessing, honestly, to us. Like we love it. Um, hopefully they feel blessed, but honestly, I, selfishly, I like it because <laughs> I feel blessed by it. And so, um, you know, we do that. Um, we try to uh, open our home in general to people. And I feel like aside from that, even just within our family unit of the three of us is really using that as a place to even minister to our daughter and be yeah. intentional about that time that we have with her. And so when I come home from work, I'm home and I try to be present and I try to make sure that, you know, because I am away from her during the day. So the time I have with her before bedtime, I want to make sure that I'm present and I'm there um, because I want her to remember me as a mom who was engaged and played with her and spent time with her and build a good foundation now while she's young and a toddler. And she's also just so fun and like at such a cute age. And it's yeah. hard It's hard to not want she to spend She <laughs> so cute. Like before we were recording, we were just like fawning uh, over her because she's so stop. sweet. Oh my goodness. She's sweet. You're sweet. Um and so really, you know, we try to be intentional with even there's so many kids books that are just very um, worldly based, but even just self-centered of like, yes. oh, you like t teaching the kids stuff about how mm -hmm. they should be about themselves. And right. we're really trying to be intentional about not bringing those kinds of books into our home. We want to make sure that she is learning and being discipled, like truly being yeah. discipled and like learning about Jesus, setting a good foundation for her. So just trying to use different aspects. We try to be intentional with our neighbors. Not always the best at it, but um, we, our next door neighbors are believers and they're like really good friends of ours. So like that <laughs> is a little bit different. But even other neighbors, you know, we try to be intentional with them when we see them and yeah. just using our home as a place where ministry can happen is kind of our main priority. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, as we close our time together, um, I just want to make sure like, Please, if you have questions about, listener, if you have questions about incorporating your faith in your work, whether it is at home or with your family or in the workplace, we would love to chat with you. And I'm not just saying that, like it would genuinely bring us a lot of joy to chat with you about that. So please, please, please do reach out and we'll put emails, addresses in the show notes. Um, but Christine, before we sign off, do you have any final thoughts or encouragements, any scripture you wanted to share? Anything I, did, I didn't ask? I did want to share a scripture. Um because this verse has been, I mean, I'm at this time of recording, I guess I still will be by the time it airs probably, but I'm 32. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's still relatively young, but some days I feel really old. But, <laughs> but <laughs> this scripture um, has, because like I said, I started working at 15, started working really young. First Timothy 4, 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And I always feel so encouraged by that because, and even if you don't think you're young, I think this verse still applies that we, the Lord can still use us. We can still be a light to others and just let him let, ask him to use you, ask him to 
um, give you opportunities. Honestly, if you don't know where to start, I would say just start with that. Start with praying and asking the Lord to put people in your path, to show you people that He wants you to minister to and giving you opportunities to do that because He will. Sometimes it's almost too much to where I'm like, ooh, maybe I didn't want to ask you to have me minister to this person, <laughs> but He will give you those opportunities yeah. and um, just got to be obedient and yeah. step into that. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I feel like we could have you on for eight more episodes about like other things because I want to talk with you so much more about them, but we have to close for now. And I'm really grateful for your time and your willingness to share about that. And Thank just you. so listener, you know, Christine was like, oh, I don't want to sound prideful. I want to be humble. And she genuinely is. So please know that she, like our desire is to encourage and equip each one of you to live out your faith in your work, whatever that looks like. And I will pray to close our time. Lord, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and one of those gifts is work. And I ask that you would equip us for the good work you have set before us, and we would joyfully enter into it with obedience and worship in our hearts, um, that you would lead us in ways that are good and profitable for your kingdom. And um, Lord, we ask humbly that we would get to see the fruit of that in our lifetime, Um because we know that it brings you glory and it prompts us to worship and we want more people to worship you and see your glory. So we ask all those things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.